Matthew 6, 31-32. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do, thy, do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things.
like to welcome everybody this morning and thankful for another beautiful day the Lord has blessed us with. And, uh, appreciate our kids and how they sung for us this morning. Uh, Carl and I were sitting there talking a little bit and just, uh, he mentioned just uh, thinking about how good the Lord has blessed us. And uh, it's, uh, it's easy for us in the flesh to want to complain and uh, be negative, but when we get to get ourselves out of the way and realize what the Lord's done for us, um, and sometimes I want to look at that naturally. Now I've been blessed naturally by all measure, but when you get yourself out of the way and realize what he's done for you spiritually, if you're saved by his grace, that's, that's the best thing this life has for us. And I'm so thankful I got that. I'm so thankful when I can feel his spirit and realize what that really means. We, we can't wrap this natural head around heaven and eternity, but I know I'm going there. I don't know what all entails, but I know I'm going. And I pray if anybody here doesn't have that, they get it before they leave today. But we're thankful to be here and just looking forward to a great day in the Lord. How much Brother Eric dismisses Sunday school. We appreciate your presence in God's house. And uh, I told Blaine a while ago, I, <clears throat> I woke up, I don't know, about 6 o'clock this morning, something somewhere around there, and I was laying in the bed kind of thinking about this lesson. And this is a real familiar scripture. And, I, of course, me and Blaine both agreed on that, too, that them, them kinds harder to teach, seem like, because everybody knows it. But uh, I was laying thinking about this lesson, the, the prodigal son's the title of the lesson. And uh, I thought, when I get up, I'm going to get my dictionary and look up the word prodigal just so I know what it means for sure. And I, I got up, 
sometime this morning, went and got the dictionary out and uh, flipped it open, and it, it opened right on the page where Prodigal was at. And I told, I told my wife, I said, I'll never do that again in my life. But uh, uh, the word prodigal means a, a, a spendthrift or somebody that wastes, is wasteful. And, uh, and all of it, that, that could include every one of us. Because uh, somebody that's lost can waste a lot of good opportunities to get saved and when God calls them if they don't if they don't say well I'll, I'll wait till next time or, or I know I tell you what I thought when God the day God called me and I've told you I've told my experience so much everybody gets tired of hearing me I suppose but the day God called me I made up my mind I wasn't going nowhere I was going to stay right there and uh, I was standing there holding the, holding the seat and looking the preacher right in the eye and keeping my face straight. And uh, or I think I was anyway. And uh, if, if Edna Mason hadn't come to me that morning, I'd have still been standing there. Well, I might have been standing in hell. Who knows? I might not have made it this far. But God sent me the help that I needed. And that's why it's so important for every one of us to do exactly everything that God gives us to do. If he tells you to go shake hands with somebody, that's important. I'd have, I'd have probably still been lost. I don't know that, but that's, that's a good possibility. Because I've often thought, I don't know if everybody's like me or not, but I've thought about it a lot. Had I put off, had I put it off till later in life, I probably never would have got saved because the older I got, the more I tried to figure it out in here. And the more I tried to figure it out in here, the more confusing it got. It's because uh, the carnal mind's not subject to the laws of God, neither indeed can be. So we can, we can try to figure God out in here all we want to, and we'll never do it. Even, I'm talking about saved people now. Even after you're saved, you don't understand God's, God's ways and God's book in this mind here. Now, I want to throw, throw a curveball in here. Kind of sounds like one anyway. God, God expects me to study this word. He said, study to shew thyself approved a workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He wants me to study, and I got to use this brain to do that. But the understanding don't come from in here. I I study. I, I study these, try to study these Sunday school lessons every week and try to get as close to what I think I'm going to need to be to try to teach the lesson if I can. But then when it comes right down to it, before I, before I come to church and get up here, I got to get on my knees and say, Lord, I need you again. 
I can't do this. It's not in me. I don't care how much you study, you can quote it word for word. And if you don't know what it's saying, you don't know what it's saying. And uh, it takes... Uh, the, Bi the Bible said that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's given by the Holy Spirit. And it takes that same Holy Spirit to give us the understanding of what God's trying to tell us. And He keeps that hid from us sometimes. If we don't need it, He don't give it to us all the time. And, uh, uh, and I've, had, I've, told, I've had that happen before. I had one, one scripture that I, God absolutely hid from me because I wanted it for the wrong reason. And it come up in a Sunday school lesson, and I needed it. And, and God, I got to church, and we're standing back in the back just right before time to get up here. And God told me what it, what it was, and it was so simple a little kid could have probably told me. But God had it hid from me. So he gives us what we need when we need it. But anyway, prodigal means wasteful and and I could have got saved that Sunday morning. I got saved. Not everybody's experience is a little different. But God called to me through the gospel, told me I was lost. And I stood there for quite a while. I don't know how long, how long the invitation went. Uh, Preacher Ash making the invitation and, and uh, seemed like he was pointing right at me. He'd swing that arm like that. that finger pointed seemed like he's pointing right at me all the time but God was the one that was pointing at me and uh, I wasted a few minutes at least I don't know how long but if as good as as good as salvation is and and you don't really understand that till you get it as good as salvation is, it's a shame to put it off. And as, as good as God blesses us, and me and Ryan was talking about that this morning, he mentioned it, as good as God's been to me, why would I hesitate to do what he wants me to do? But I do. God will give me a, a testimony sometimes, and I'll sit and, and wrestle with it. Says he really want me to do that? Or that don't seem like enough, or that's, that's too much, or whatever. And the, devil, the devil try to get you messed up, and, and sometimes he talks you right out of it. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad the devil couldn't talk Jesus out of it? He tried. He told Jesus that if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms in the world. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't do that because they wasn't his to give. He can't do that with us because it ain't his to give. But he'll try to talk us out of doing our part for Jesus and, and waste, waste our opportunities he try to talk. First of all, he tries to talk us out of getting saved. 
or tries to talk us into putting it off. Wait a little bit longer. Wait till you get a little older and understand it a little better. You never will understand it till you get it. And then you don't, you don't really understand it fully till you get over yonder. But, and if we're not careful, we'll waste our opportunities after we get saved. We've got a, we've got a great opportunity. First of all, as a family, God told us to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Now, a lot of people say, well, he promised us they'd get saved. That ain't what that says. But he told me to, he told me and my wife to train our kids up in the way they should go. They ain't, sometimes they ain't walk like it. They ain't lived like it. But they know where they're, they know all about it. They know what it is. And, and, and I thank God they've all been saved. But if we're not careful, we'll waste our opportunities to teach our children and, and the way you teach kids. Now, the, your kids live with you every day, so they know you. You teach them by example more than by word of mouth. If I tell my kids to do something, why? And I, I've, I've answered this way before because I said so. But uh, uh, we, need to, we, need to, uh, we need to teach by example. If I try to raise my kids, and I'm just going to use this as an example because it never did happen. But if I'm trying to raise my kids and I say, you don't drink you don't drink no beer or no alcohol. You stay out of them places, leave that stuff alone. And then ever every Friday night I come home staggering around drunk or a skunk. I'm not teaching them nothing. They're looking at me and saying, Well, that must be pretty good stuff. He's he's getting into it. We we teach our kids by example. And the number one example, when it's church time, we come to church. And be ready, and, and this, this is another big failure we have sometimes, every one of us, at times. We come to church not ready. But we, we need to come to church the Bible said, where two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So if you want, if you want God's presence in the service, come in his name. Come ready. And uh, sometimes it's hard to get this fellow out of the way. All the time it is. It's a battle. So we, if we if we waste our opportunities, I'll tell you what I done one time, and I've told I've told this before, but everybody probably everybody here knew Oakley Webb. 
And uh, we was, when I was a teenager, I guess, we were, we were neighbors. And uh, <clears throat> uh, me and him run around a little bit together. And uh, one day I done, I done something I shouldn't have done. And me and him was together. And uh, that bothered me. And I don't know how long a time it was from then to when Oakley got saved. But every time I'd see him, every time he'd come to church, I wanted to hide because I, I figured I was standing right straight in his way. And I was working, I was working nights at General Motors uh, when Oakley got saved. And uh, had a revival over on Albert Street. Real good revival. Best revival I was ever in in my life, and I was working nights and couldn't attend. But I worked, I worked by myself, and uh, didn't have nobody standing over me watching me. When it come church time, I went up on top of the sand bin where I worked and got on my knees. And God, God blessed me in that revival better than any I've ever been in. But I come home from work one night. That's my wife who got saved, Oakley Webb. And that's still a blessing to me. Because I figured I was standing right in his way. But, and, and I probably was to some extent. So we got to be careful how we conduct ourselves in front of our people. Come to church when you can. Live right. Live just as good as you can. If the devil gets after you too hard, do what everybody in the world has done at some time or other. Get off in your closet and say, Lord, I need some help. Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh, and he, he asked God three times to remove it. And God told him, said, my grace is sufficient. So the grace of God will take care of us if we'll let it. But we've got to put ourselves in his hands and say, Lord, I need your help again. I can't handle, I can't handle the devil. I need a little help. And Jesus can put the devil on the run every time. I couldn't tell you how many times I've had him Come along, and that, the devil giving me a hard time, and I I get off and pray, and he he put him on the run, fill my cup up and run it over. We've got a we've got a good God, and I I don't know where I, I'll get on this lesson. Maybe in a minute, we've got a good God, and He'll take care of us if we'll let Him. But if you, you stand and argue with the devil, he'll, he'll, he'll beat you every time. But let Jesus take care of him. He can put him on the run. Okay, we're in the, we're in the 15th chapter of the book of Luke. And uh, uh, the prodigal son... 
And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And I thought, I'm pretty sure I read it in the commentary on this lesson too, but uh, he he asked his father for the portion of the goods that fell to him. In other words, I want my inheritance now because I'm wanting to leave here. I don't, I don't like it here. That's more or less what he's saying. And uh, every one of us probably has had somewhat of that attitude at some time or other. This guy right here has all kinds of attitudes. There's all kinds of thoughts the devil puts in here. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll slip up, if you want to say it that way, and we'll, we'll kind of go after him sometimes a little bit. I've been guilty more times than I like to think about. That, that comes down to another point. We got a good God. He said, we, James said, we have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous, I believe. I, I may not be quoting that right, but he said, who's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. If we humble our heart, and how many times, how many times have you, and I, I know with me I couldn't count them, but how many times with you have you had to go to God and say, Lord, it's me again, I've messed up. I need you to forgive me. I, it's been a, I couldn't tell you the number of times with me. There's no way. But we've got a good God. He'll save us, and He'll take care of us. Even even when we're wrong. Have you ever Have you ever been doing something wrong, or just thinking about doing something you knew wasn't right? The devil's kind of put it in your head, and the Lord come along right here, said that ain't for you. You're in the wrong place. I couldn't tell you the number of times he's told me that. God loves us. And there's a reason. There is a reason, and this goes right back to what we was talking about a while ago. There's a reason that God wants to keep us as close to him as he can. He, He loves us. I love that song the kids sang. And he he loves me when I'm wrong. I've and he's told me that a lot of times. I'm I've been wrong and he's he's come along, woke me up to that, let me know that I was wrong. Let me know that I was his. And some of them, when I look back at them now, some of them's the greatest blessings I've had in my life. 
And it didn't feel like a blessing then. It was condemnation then. But ever since looking back on it, it's a blessing. Because God loved me even when I was wrong. Same way. And, and some people take this prodigal son and, and say he was a transgressor. And some people say he was lost. And you could, you could teach it either way, I suppose. At least make some points out of it. But either way, God, God loved this boy. And he wanted, actually, I, I, believe, I believe he was lost. I, I'll just say it that way. But you could, you could teach points out of it either way. But God, loved, God loves ever, everybody. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, it was about three days later before he made the sun and the moon and the stars, so he wasn't talking about them. He was talking, he was talking about salvation. And uh, that's, that's my viewpoint. And... Uh, so God, God got salvation ready for man before he, before he made Adam and put him in the garden. He said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. He made man after his image. When Adam got saved, his soul became in the likeness of God. And when we get up in the resurrection, soul and body will be in the likeness of God. And he'll be finished with his with his. His creation, he's not finished with us yet. I like that song the kids sang, he's still working on me. When we get up in the resurrection, we'll be complete, perfect, both soul and body. And that's what God was talking about in the beginning. And, uh, and he's, he's still working on me. Anybody got a comment? So the... The young fellow said, give me, what I, give me what's mine, I'm leaving, more or less. Well, when God created Adam, he created him perfect, both soul and body. But now Adam, Adam sinned, and that brought sin down on all the human race. I'm talking about the natural man now, mostly. For a minute. We inherited enough of Adam's sin to kill this fellow you're looking at. Our souls were created perfect just like Adam's was. God, David said, or Paul said, I was alive without the law once. The commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Now you can go back to, uh, and I, don't, I think it's in the 116th Psalm. David was telling his experience. He said, in one verse, he said, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. So we, when we get saved, God puts us right back in that same perfect state that we were in when he created us. 
And the good thing about this one, it's sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise till the day of redemption. You, you ain't going to get out of that. Now, we fell once because of sin. God told us we was lost, and we became sinners. And uh, we had to get saved to get out of that. You get saved, that's, that's eternal. No way out. Anybody got a comment? But we all, every one of us are, in some ways, I guess, all of us are kind of selfish. We'd all like to have our own way in everything. And uh, I'll tell you what. If you, if you never loved anybody, if, if you love somebody, you want, them to, you want them to do good. You want them to get along real good all the time. But if you, if you don't really love anybody, you're selfish. You, you, you kind of love yourself. Everyone, and the Bible said no man ever yet hated his own flesh. We've all, we all love ourselves somewhat. And if we're not careful, we'll be, we'll be too selfish. We'd be like this guy, give me, give me what's mine, I'm leaving. I'm going to do my own thing. And it appears to me, and I, I hope I'm wrong, but it appears to me that God's got a lot of children that's saying that very thing, I'm going to go do my own thing. Going to church just too hard for me. And, and nobody said it was easy. But I'll tell you what, you read, you read the Bible, and there's a book, I don't, I don't know who, don't remember who wrote it, but The Trail of Blood. Everybody that's ever been saved ought to read that. I couldn't tell you how many people they got listed in there, and they got them listed by name. Millions of them, I guess, that was put to death because of what we're doing here this morning. Burned at the stake, hung on a cross, all kinds of different, fed to the lions. And they all for the same reason for what we're doing here this morning. So we ought to, we've got the freedom to do it. We've got the freedom to worship just like God wants us to. And we ought to take advantage of that with everything we've got. And if I'm any example, we don't. David said, I love the Lord because he brought me up out of dark, out of the pit and so on. He got him, he saved him. 
I've loved the Lord ever since the day I got saved. Now, sometimes I ain't acted like it, but it was, it was still in here. And most of the time, I'll say it, I'll say it that way, I guess. Most of the time, I come to church because I love the Lord. Sometimes I come because it's an obligation. I know I need to. And if that's all you got, go with it. We ought, we ought to do the very best we can for God. If we get so far down in the valley that we can't even imagine what the Spirit feels like, we ought to pull up our bootstraps and just keep on going. Because I guarantee you, you do that, and, and pretty soon God's going to open the windows of heaven. He said, try me and see if I won't open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you won't be able to contain. Elbert Smith used to say he never did have God sneak up on him and bless him. I've had him come pretty close. But uh, usually you've got to be doing something for God, and you've got to be doing something right. So the, the prodigal son asked his father for his goods, and you can do that when God calls you to be saved. You can say, I'm going to keep what's mine and, and go with it. Just like I thought I was going to do. I, I, was going to, I wasn't going to go to the altar. But God changed my mind. And I'm sure glad. There's nothing... That's, that's been getting close to 70 years ago, I guess. 67, six, somewhere in there. And God's been real good to me, blessed me real good. Seemed like every way I've turned, God's blessed me real good. But the best He ever blessed me was that Sunday morning in 1956 when He saved me. And he give me what I got down in my soul. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing, no better than that. And there never will be till we get, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, there's nothing no better than that. But it, things will get better. It's not the salvation, that, that can't get any better. But... Things will get better for us. And I'm talking putting this fellow in on it when we get over on the other side. Uh, Kenny preached yesterday about the last chapter, and I really enjoyed that. I, we, when we leave here, we step into our last chapter, and that's an eternal one. <clears throat> I... Now, I'll say this, for, if you can understand that, my soul's already in that. This guy right here, and I, I try to imagine uh, 
we got I, we got a grave lots out on Fairmont Road, and there's a bunch of people from this church that's buried out there. Real great people in my estimation, and uh, I've tried to imagine when Jesus comes and we get up, all all of those all of those people. And me with them, get, getting up out of the grave to go to heaven with Jesus. What a day that'll be. I, and I, my imagination ain't good enough. But it, it's, it's, beyond, it's beyond imagination. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Hey, have you ever... Have you ever been sitting in church and or anywhere else? Don't matter if you're in church or not. God come along and, and fill your cup up and run it over and bless you real good. And you couldn't even imagine how that happened or where it come from or you know, but he just we just got a good God that takes care of us when we need it. Amen. Yeah, they. I believe I believe Jesus is going to come with a shout, and I believe I'm going to go up with a shout, and it, that's going to be a. It's it's beyond imagination how great that's going to be. But God lets me know down in here, from time to time, how great it is. So the, the young man took his took what his father gave him and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. If we don't get saved when God gives us opportunity what a waste. And I said just a little while ago, getting saved, I was I was just fifteen years old and I probably didn't didn't understand a whole lot about it. I'd been raised in church most of the time anyway. And uh, uh but I didn't understand a lot about it. I knew I needed to get saved, I'd been taught that. But I really didn't know what getting saved was till I got it. And in order, in order to be able to testify to somebody else about being saved, it has to come from down in here by the Spirit of God because this man here don't know nothing about it. I mean, I remember, I remember coming to the altar that morning and I remember getting saved, and I remember how good it was, but I can't tell it right if God's Spirit don't move it. So it's, and it's, I think I'm running out of time, and I ain't hardly got on the lesson. I've been, 
but he took his journey into a far country and he wasted all that he had. And if we if we if we'd have stayed where we was at, we'd have wasted it completely. Now, he spent all his living. He was down in the hog pen feeding swine and, and couldn't get no help from nobody. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll go back to my father's house. He's got he's got plenty. So God God had let him know before he left what he needed, and he said, That ain't what I want. I want these I want these natural things. I wanna I wanna go out and have a good time, have a big time. And uh, if we're not careful, this fella right here will tell us that and get us in bad trouble. Lost or saved, either one. And uh, so he went his way and wasted all he had. But he come to his senses. And he come back to the father's house. And uh, you know this, everybody knows that story. The father was standing looking for him. I believe when the, the morning that God called me, he was, he was standing looking for me to come. He was waiting on me. I stepped out and headed for the altar, and God got, he, uh, he come got me right around the neck. And, and, I, and he's had me ever since. Sometimes I've let him down, but I'll tell you for a fact, God never has let me down, not one time. Every time that I've needed him, and right out of my heart called on him, he's been there. Every time. I failed him a lot, but he never has failed me. So he come to the father's house, and the father seen him coming and said, Get the fatted calf, 